And here they are, these outlaw bikers amongst the town. And they're having so much fun, at, like you said, in the little roller coaster. And what people don't realize that was our third episode ever. Don't you know that the music should be solemn? This is Theo Rossi. This is Theory. Hey, everybody. How is it going? How we doing? What's the word? All that stuff. Um, all right. Here we are. Theory is back, which means the hashtag Reaper reviews are back. And, uh, and we're going back, back into time. We're, uh, we're going to season one, episode three, way back. Fun town. This is a, uh, a pretty monumental episode for uh, a multitude of reasons. So without further ado, let's go jump into fun town, which our friends at SOA and Mayans MC addicts recommended. And let's go sit down with the, the most handsome man in any room, Kim Coates. And let's get to it. Fun Town, Reaper Reviews, Theory. Let's go. It's happening. Are we it's live? all happening. Is We're it live. when? Is it Wednesday? <laughs> Do you have white teeth? Are you still a sexy boy? Are you still younger than me? Look at you. Did you just finish jogging this morning up I here did. in Canada? I went for a very fast run because we're shooting nights. So I've adjusted my schedule. You've shot nights before. You don't like doing that. No. You have to adjust your schedule because I'm still here. Your whole, your whole body doesn't really know what to do with it. The last time I shot nights, I was in Slovakia. Yeah. Before, before the COVID hit, we were yeah. in Slovakia filming nights for van helsing first three shows of the final season mm-hmm. and we were in castles riding horses well you weren't riding horses yeah. i was yeah. and it was fa reason yeah fa that's reason. where we're at it's for it's for reason here and, <laughs> and um <laughs> and i'll tell you people don't understand the filming of nights is basically like tonight i'll go in at 6 p.m and yeah. i'll get out at you know 7 a.m so you have to adjust yeah. your body clock and then sometimes it'll they'll pop a day on you, and you're like you have to adjust Bloggers. again. But all that being said, oh, how being, dare they? being the lead of the movie? How dare they? Treat how dare me like that? that? But all that being said, I did. I got up. I tried to you know sleep in a little, and then I went for a really quick run. But now I I, I can't stop sweating. My uh, uh so all right, and I'm very bright. But it's I great spend, to I see spend, you on this I, Wednesday. It's great to see you. I, I miss you every week. I all I think about is is the Reaper reviews, and here we are again. And it's amazing. I spent I spent seven years basically beside you. Our trailers were side by each. We as were, you remember right next to each other. So and I knew Tommy when you were Chibs was I, with us too. And Chibs, it was always Chibs, Juice, yeah. and Tig. Yeah. And whenever you were peeing, I could hear that. Whenever yep. you were on the phone with Meg, I could hear that. You, you heard hear all it. my business shit on the wall. I could smell but, the lavender. So I, I could smell so I, the lavender. <laughs> lavender musk. So I, so I, I swear to God, I knew and I know and I know what you smell like, whether you yeah. jog or don't jog. You're very 
Very good smelling, man. Very. You're, you're smell, okay. Smell fantastic. Right now, I'm very bright. We keep talking about the lights. We spoke for a while. Did you put a little powder? A little powder out there? A little powder? I don't know. I'm just like, you're it's an the brightness from here in Canada. Like, it's, the sun is, whoo. Pre-winter. Is that late fall? Hey, are the leaves changing? Is it beautiful there? I don't know, Kim. I'm in a cornfield all day. I don't know. The corn took a turn <laughs> for the worse. The corn took a turn. I am. And the corn <laughs> took a turn the other day. We, we showed up one day and all of a sudden that corn was. Not the same. Not the same. And, and, and what we said was, whew, thank God we're filming at nights because that corn is going down. And it's getting harder. I mean, I don't know if you've actually got the cut, the, the husks of those things and you're throwing them at people, but don't because you will crack a skull. Yeah, I'm doing a scene tonight where I have to break off a piece of corn and I use it to, uh, to, to mark my directions. But one of the things I learned is this, the corn that's in this one is called uh, uh, cattle corn. So it's the one they use for cattle, the feeding and the cattle. Right? That's right. So you can't make it. Look at you I, turn it into a Canadian farmer just like I'm that. Here. I'm here, buddy. I'm basically a farmer at this point. What that means is you're not a, you're not an, a black Angus, so don't be chewing on that corn. That's I for thought, cattle, see, not I for did, humans. I took one and I wanted to just for being in the moment, I wanted to bring it back to the hotel and eat it. You're an idiot. It's okay. Somebody said, I'm not going to kill it. you. Some, no, but somebody said like, it won't be, it's not the corn you're thinking of. No, it's not. Your, your, your craps the next day will be a lot different. If you eat that corn. <laughs> no, cattle, it, cattle craps. I'll yeah. cattle craps. <laughs> <laughs> so, so here's what I wanted to do now that well, we before, went, before yeah. we do that, if, if I may, this yeah, is please. your show. I'm just your side. No, kid, no, no, no. It's yours. Ha, ha, Go. Have you, have you noticed my backdrop? Is back in running back to Saskatoon. No, th- you've never had this backdrop. Singing, that, it's a different backdrop, but I'm in my mama's living room. Joyce is out there trying not to make too much noise, which Just is really her. hard. Just you did, yeah. you did. It's really hard for her, but you're doing a good job, mom. Back in Saskatoon, visiting my mother as as good sons should do in this wacky time of of COVID. Even though hopefully we're all going to get better soon. Anyway, hi from Saskatoon. Hi from Saskatoon. I'm basically at this point fully Canadian. At this point, I, I welcome, buddy. I know, and it's it's Learn incredible. I mean, I am all over this place now, and uh, you know, I'm saying toque. I say a. I am all yeah. over, and yeah. it's uh, it really is such a beautiful place. I have to give yes. Canada so much props. Uh, everybody is so cool, and there's such. It's just such a pleasure filming here and, and just being here for, you know, and I, and you and I have been everywhere, everywhere. In Canada, you together, you obviously have been everywhere. The one place I haven't been that I'd really like to go is Nova Scotia. Um, the times so are the best. Yeah. I've kind of heard that Sid, the kids from there. I know that. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Dartmouth He's from Dartmouth, Nova Scotia. Yeah. And so that's kind of on, on my bucket list. And then obviously uh, just to see that blue water we've talked about of Lake Louise, I kind of want to see that, right? Is yep. that what that is? You will. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Glacial fed. You'll, you'll yeah. love it there. The Rocky mountains of Alberta or something else. Yeah. So, so that's, that's what's going on here. We're done soon. And then I'll, uh, I'll head back to Austin. Yeah. See the, I can't wait uh, because obviously the kids and, uh, and Mego can't come with me on these things because, uh, too hard. It's a, little, it's a little complicated now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, with the quarantining and everything else that goes along with it. So it's, it's, it'll be good for you to get home, see the family. You've done a great job on that film, and I can't wait to see it. I posted a COVID test on my Insta um, oh, the that other go? day. 
Well, you know, listen, everybody was like, wow, you were so Zen. You didn't move because the difference here, and I don't know if this is just a Canadian thing is they, uh, they go all the way in like, uh, long and it goes all the way in. And I kind of go into the Zen state while I'm doing it. And I didn't move. And everybody was like, wow, you didn't move because in the States, uh, when I did it, they just literally go like right in your nose or like Mm -hmm. not so far in. And this Mm -hmm. one touches the back of your brain. In in Canada, we're trying to find your brain and we didn't find your brain because it kept going and going all the way back. And people were so surprised. They're like, you didn't move. And I said, have you seen my nose? (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait for my first test. I mean, they could throw it from across the room. (laughs) They could. Dart me, from yeah, twenty feet away, like a Got spear, it. like a spear through your. Got it. <laughs> it's fine. You really, no, but were you really zenned out? Like I feel it's kind of uncomfortable. No, no, don't move. I don't move. Wow, I have, you. I have this thing. I, I was Staten gonna, Island. I was gonna post another one today because what happens now? But I didn't. I didn't want to overload the 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 page system. COVID yeah. test. Yeah. But what happens is they only go through my left side. Uh huh. And when they went in. What happens every time? One tear comes right down my left side. So it's just whatever it is. And and I filmed it and I have the tear that just drops. Oh, come on. A little Greek theater for people. Yeah. Like real, like real, real was, emotion. A nose was, emotion. A nose, the one second, tear. The second he pulls out. One tear. One tear. <laughs> the second he pulls out. All right. You froze. You're frozen. Yeah, you froze no, for a second. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm back. In, it just said your internet connection is unstable. How do you mine? Feel about that? Maybe it's mine. That's impossible. I'm on Wi-Fi here at Joyce's house, so I should be all right. I hope you're on Wi-Fi. There's really no other way to be unless you're There's on no other way to be. Internet. Yeah. Yeah. But no, I'm all right. But here's some of the things I wanted to do today that uh, for these Reaper reviews that everybody is so uh, enjoying, a um, couple of things that I, I have on my, on my list, um, I'm calling them action items. Okay. So one of the things we did this week that I want to address is, uh, you know, as we grow the show, which we're doing on YouTube and, and the audio one on Apple Pod and everywhere you get podcasts, Google Play and all that kind of stuff. One of our providers, which uh, uh, is our hosting site of our audio, put out a survey. It was given by our show provider to grow, to grow bigger and to level up because basically, I guess what they, I don't know how these things work and I'm too stupid to understand, but they want to know who your audience is and then they can kind of direct your show to get bigger to specific audiences. So they'll notice there's been a survey going around, uh, I filled it out. I put in a fake name because that's what I do. And uh, I think I put it as Harry Henderson and uh, or Rupert or Rupert Pumpkin. I don't know what I did, but I put it in and, uh, and, uh, and I filled out the survey. So if you see a survey that has to do with theory and Reaper reviews, fill it, fill out. it out. Fill it out. Put in what you want. It's, it it's good matter. for us. It's good for you. It's good for the show. All these and it fun gets weeks the show that- bigger. Yeah. And we're going to do, uh, you know, that, that we're, we're doing apparel soon. Get ready. Uh, yeah, I know that's, that's in the works. We got some cool apparel going. Um, obviously everybody knows the video is on, uh, YouTube. And if you're watching this right now on YouTube, YouTube, you have to subscribe. The reason is it's a big thing. It's a big thing. I'm learning all this from you. I mean, and you're learning it from your producers and everything else There's a lot to do. It's easy though. 
It's easy. Just literally subscribe. Just hit the subscribe button as you're watching this because apparently, and again, too stupid to understand what's going on, it helps the show. That's what I know. That's one. Number two, we're going to answer questions later on this show that fans have oh, written no. in. I love that. Me too. And we're going to answer. We're so good at that, Theo. We're so good. We we're not going to know egg. one answer. We're not going to know one answer. I'm not going to have one answer correct, but no. I'll make it up. I hope they're not hard. I'm going to look. They're, they're in my S, inbox. Not, no smoking. No NS. smoking. No, no snow, smoking. No I thought snow. That was- so we know fun. nothing. We don't know anything. <laughs> Tear, tear. We don't know anything. <laughs> okay. And then the other thing we're going to do, which I thought this is a long time coming. You and I both wanted to shout out, shout out, they call it, or give thanks to these incredible groups that kind of always been of supporting sons and kind of the whole, and you and I forever, like forever. from the beginning. And people don't realize how awesome and important that is like and it drives me nuts that sometimes i forget to acknowledge it i do i always write them and i always you know in the dms or or give them you know just say thank you but i wanted to do it here for you and i so starting off with the soa and mayan addicts which are they've been there since the beginning like literally they were they were they were there from the pilot like i don't know what the hell they were cast before i was they were well cast before i was because you were cast before me so way before me. So Candace and the crew have been there forever. Um, I wanted to give them a shout out. You wanted to say hello to. I, I want to say hi to Carrie from Kim Coates crew at Kim Coates crew. Carrie has been along with me and my ride as a philanthropist slash actor slash dad slash producer from day one. She's never asked for anything. This chick is the most incredible girl who just gives it up for you and for me and for all of us sons, really, with her research, with her photos. And I know she's getting the survey out there to all her peeps. And I just can't thank you enough, Carrie. Thank you very much. That's pretty amazing, right? And, and, um, and then I have some other ones here that I just want to uh, just, I just got to say, just because and whatever. And if this bothers who's ever listening, I, I don't care. Um, I have to, I, I really don't. Because I have to, you got to understand when people are always supporting, you have to acknowledge it because they're amazing. And uh, the Sons of Anarchy Nomads of Spain are always on it. Um, Yeah. I'm going to leave people out. So just know that uh, uh, I don't mean to. Um, While you're looking there, I want to say Becca and Rachel and all the girls from London, the girls from Germany, all you European peeps who continue to say, this and that and t- telling everybody about this show and about rewatching sons and your spare time in this crazy time in the world. It means the world to Theo and I, and I want to thank all the girls from over there in Europe. Yeah. There's a, uh, there's this one, uh, Sam Crow, sons of anarchy fan on Instagram, Sam Crow eight or something. Uh, and, 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 you know, listen, we're going to do many more over the weeks. I don't want to get, but just know that we appreciate you. We thank you. And, um, it's awesome. It really is. It's awesome. I, the one Thank thing you. that was so cool about Sons that doesn't – I don't know if it exists as much anymore um, because it was a weekly. It is kind of a bit of a bygone era of you know waiting every week for a show and talking about it and doing interviews in the middle of the <clears throat> week about what's coming up and you know yeah, how, many yeah. times have, how many times have you and I said, well, you just got to wait and see what's coming. Yeah. Can't say yeah. anything. Yeah. 
that's kind of a bit of a bygone era because everything's binge watching now and stuff like that. But what that meant was, and I say this to people, why it was so special is people felt like you were part of their family because they were living with you for seven all or eight long. years. That's right. All week exactly long, right. seven or eight years, six months a year, you were in, their, weeks. in their living Not room. In their living room, bedroom, wherever they were. Amazing. And you were with them. And, and then during the week when the show wasn't on, you would see them in magazines or you would see them on a talk show or you would see them somewhere. And they became part of your family. And at the same time, they became part of our family. Correct. Which I think is such a cool thing that I know doesn't really exist. And I think that's why when people try to figure out why are people so you know crazy about a lot of those kind of shows, The Sopranos and, and yeah. Oz and The Wire and, and, and The Shield and, and Breaking Bad and, and even Game yeah. of Thrones, Walking yeah. Dead at the end. It's because of that. And I, I just think that that's, it's such an honor to have been part of something like that. And I think that that's why... Again, here we are doing these Reaper reviews and us having this started by us having fun and wanting to do this. And now another community has started around this because people just kind of like to all be interested in the same thing. Well, and, 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 and wasn't it true too, like about, oh, I don't know, a couple months ago, Kurt Sutter reached out to all of us and just wanted to go, hi, what a, what a time, what a ride. If I didn't say it enough then, I'm saying it now. I can't thank you all enough. I love you. I miss you so much. And now Kurt's answering questions on his Instagram and his Twitter. Like I I think that times like this, Theo, and we've said this before, I I certainly do. I I we're reflecting now. We're reflecting about how we can make Mother Earth better. We're reflecting about a lot of things that that are happening and still happen that we need to make better. And Sons of Anarchy for you and I. And for millions of people, was a seven-year period of, wow, what a ride. And just happy. People were just happy. Like, you happy. Know, I, say what you want. You know, that's, that's the thing about what I love about entertainment and this business, which you and I just spent a little while talking about before we hit record on this, is, you know, you can bring, like, people will say to me, oh, you know, oh, the fans are so nuts and they're this and they're that. And I said, you have to understand that they're happy and it makes me happy that they're happy. Like great it's thing. so great thing because, to say. Yeah. Because it, it brings like, they're so happy when they were invested in something and they can go and speak to their friends and they have the same commonality of this show that would bring people together, it would bring families together, it would put people <clears throat> around a TV. It would, it would give them conversation in the office. That is such a cool thing to be part of. And at the same time, what people don't understand is, it brought our family together, which is you and I and Charlie and Ryan and, and, and Chibs and, you know, all these guys and, and these, and Katie and Tara and Wendy. And like, it brought us all together and we were also doing the same thing. We were having that same excitement every week. Those, those dinners that Pearl and, and, and Booney and you, me, Charlie, Ryan, nice. 10 of us sitting around those tables, having dinner once a week. For those years, and, and it was it was our family time of get together of talking about the week, talking about next week, talking about just whatever it was, and never I never forgot those times, man. They were so special. Such a different, but such a different time. And I think why people are so nostalgic now, why I just talked about nostalgia, and why people are reflecting so much is listen, 
There's no denying, and I think if you deny it, we're living in complicated times for a multitude of reasons, right? And I, I, yep. I know that you and I aren't going to get yep. into all that, but this is, this is complicated times. And I think the big thing is because there's a lot of fear. Yeah, living in fearful times. You know, I just did this big campaign with the AFSP about suicide prevention. Suicide rates are through the roof. You know, people are having yeah, people are having a lot of times with you know their mental stability and what's going on. And 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 what I say to them is, you know, that knows no bounds, right? That's everyone, no matter where the levels are, what you are, and and in a time where you know it's a very fear-driven society right now, and 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 everybody's scared. It's okay, and if we can give you any type of uh, a moment of levity or, or you can have fun like watching this and, and just hearing me and my fellow idiot know nothing about anything Correct. and enjoy Correct. our show. And Correct. we can sit here and, and entertain if only for an hour and 15 minutes or whatever. Great. Yeah. Great. We all win. I'm having yeah. fun because I'm talking with my brother about something that yeah. we've never seen and that we, yeah. that we were part of that that's years ago, but is such a huge part of our history. And you're able well to said, watch this brother. and enjoy. Like, I can't see, find me the negative to that. There is no negative. Right. So, so when people say, oh, you know, like, again, and we joke about the comments, but it's like, you know, oh, you need to get these people on the show or, you know, you need to do them in order or, you know, you look like you're in San Quentin prison because you're in a hotel room or, you know, Kim's hair may be a little flatter than it usually is. Or Correct. he's in an unknown I'm location. having a really good hair day today. <laughs> he's, he's in an unknown location. We don't know where he is. Just fucking enjoy it <laughs> because this is in the crazy have, times we live in. This is amazing. I have always found all those incredible comments fascinating because this show that your idea of doing these Reaper reviews a few months ago, this show, there was always never enough for people. They always wanted, like when you and I did our charities, well, how come there isn't 10 or eight? Yeah. That's, that actually comes from love. And I know that. But if I try and tell these people from six inches away back in the day, do you know how fucking hard it is to get me and Theo here? Yeah. Let alone eight. Uh, it's just, it's not going to happen. So enjoy what you have. So you looking like you're, well, that's a pretty nice prison. I'm yeah. in fucking Saskatoon in a goddamn yeah. living room that I was yeah. born in this house yeah. 85 years ago. Yeah. The house that Fred he, built. The house that Fred, actually my mom's dad, George Reese, built this thing. Oh, there you go. And it was, I was literally two years old. Anyway, um, here we are. Here we are. And that's, and again, it's the same, it's the same thing when like, and this is something funny. That vodka? I wanted. Vodka anyone? <laughs> oh, speaking of, I, and this is, I don't know if this is a Canadian thing, bubbly. I usually drink the luck. So good. I'm drinking one right now. And by don't the way. Don't you like it? I do. You know what I've always had? Yeah, this is it. I'm going to have it. And I might even, yeah, I do. Might, it I might do. gas me up a little. Who knows? So, but let me it's ask right. you this. Is it, yeah. is it LaCroix or LaCroix? LaCroix. I got I think they say LaCroix here. For the Who drink. does? I think oh. the drink is called LaCroix. I think the Could proper be. way to say it is LaCroix. LaCroix. It's a French but think, word, but. But I think they say LaCroix. I, I'm certainly not going to take bets against you, Theo. I'm not, I'm not where you are. So, and you know, good for you. Knock it out of the park. Write it in the comments, okay? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but what I was going to say is it's, it's, it's very funny. What people don't realize, you know what I get a lot sometimes with this show is people go, it, it's like you where they'll say, uh, why did Tig have to shoot Donna, right? Like something like that, right? Or they'll go, 
Juice, why didn't you just tell the club about your dad? And I go, it's a, it's the show. That's it's, it's a TV show. It's a TV show. That's what Kurt wrote. They're like, if you never did that, this wouldn't have happened. I go, oh, I love that. I love that when it get deep like that. No, I know, but then then it was not real life. The TV show. Then we wouldn't have a show. So you, don't you, don't go down those rabbit holes, people, because th- that doesn't it's not gonna that, do you, not gonna if, do you any good. If if Tig didn't do what he did to Donna, there wouldn't be the amazing stuff that we're talking about. Like that's yeah. part of the show. Yeah. Speaking of shows, what are we doing this week? Do you well, know? I do. And I have to say that, uh, I, and I know that you get shout outs, Theo, from people doing, let's do this one. Let's oh, do yeah. that one. Let me and tell you who I, said I, this one. Go ahead. I don't know if, who someone set, set this it one did. up. This but, is a big one. But I got to tell you, this one's called Fun Town. Yeah. And what Rossi came up with, well, we both came up with it together, which I think is a terrific idea, is we, we tend to do a couple weeks in a row where we might stay in the same season. And now we're, we're going to go back to season one for a couple mm-hmm. of weeks. Is that not true, Theo? Yeah. Right? Yeah, we're doing two in a row. We're doing Fun Town, and then we're doing uh, next week is uh, Hell Followed. Hell Followed, still season one. I believe it's Correct. episode 11. I think something like uh, that. No, right? no, no, no. Season episode one. episode nine. Oh, geez. I might have, I might have, uh, okay, I might have screwed that up. Um, I might be wrong too, by the way. <laughs> it, it, whatever, whatever Hell Followed, let, let's hope we have the right one. Who cares? I mean, Who cares? It's, it's called Hell Followed. Who cares? But oh, no, it's, it's episode nine. Is it episode nine? Excellent. Yeah. Okay. Season one, so, episode nine, next week, Hell Followed. Okay. So what we have here is Fun Town. And I, I have to just say that the title of this show yeah. is, is perfect because we go to Fun Town right away. And it's a, it's a roller coaster scene. And if you can just imagine Boonie, Charlie, and myself – squeezing our butts into those little kids roller coasters that day was they're going to pay us for this like it was the most and we're all getting to know one another you know and there was a lot of ad living going on in those early days which all got kind of cut down as we went along but honestly that that whole beginning thing was so much fun and i I just got to sorry theo i gotta say one thing that as this show continued and continued and continued we would always hear from certain one percenters or people in clubs. They would just go, you know, they love the show. Everyone loved the show, but it, it got dark. It got real violent and dark at times. Right. And they would always say, we, we, we just have more fun than that. We, we don't, cause it's a TV show. Correct. It's, it's fiction. People. Yes. It's fiction. So suspension this, of disbelief. Correct. That's a very good way of putting it. And this show fun town, was just again this drama. Oh my God, it's coming. We'll talk about it. But it it started up being such fun. Yeah, I'm going to tell you this is before we get into breaking down the episode. Which, by the way, we're getting really good at. I don't know if people realize the improvement of us breaking down episode. It might take 45 minutes to get to us talking about it. But God, are we getting good at it? Aren't so, we? We are. This is. I mean, we're basically pros at this point, aren't we? <laughs> but let me tell you about Fun Town. This is what I got from it in the beginning before we break it down. It made me realize what a small town charming was like, because it was a little fair where the carny thing comes in and out, the carnival comes in and out. And 
here we are, clay sleeveless in the leather, you know, cut and 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 we're on this little roller coaster and it's like all the people from the town are there and it yeah. reminds yeah. me of like small town USA, whatever you want to call it, small town, whatever. And it's how I always imagined charming. And I felt that when we got when the show got bigger and bigger down the road, we we kind of didn't talk about the small townness of charming a lot. And here they are, these outlaw bikers amongst the town, and they're having so much fun, like you said, in the little roller coaster, where people don't realize that was our third episode ever. Yeah. ever. We, we still, you know, Bobby doesn't have a beard. Oh, You're I, 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 got, I, I got nothing going on. I'm, try, I'm trying to put salt and pepper on my grow, grow. Yeah. Get the burns going. We're not, even, like, we're not even who we are at that point. No, we're still, we, no. we don't know if we're going to be on for four, a couple of weeks. We don't know anything at that point. And we're still figuring it out. And you could tell when you're watching the episode that us as actors are trying to figure this out. But man, it really showed like there was, I felt that there was an innocence and like almost a, I don't want to say this the wrong way, like a low budgetness to it. Like, oh my, oh my gosh, I'm telling you right now, the look of the show. Not only did the acting and us actors and the writing from Sutter and his team evolve and evolve, the look evolved. The cameras we were using in the seventh season were so much more technologically evolved yeah. than this first season. And Paul Maybaum, our DOP, amazing. Yeah. We've shouted him out countless times and we will forever. He's so talented, him and his crew. He really is. But the show looked different. It was the beginning stages of the red. It was the beginning stages of how things looked. And it was just, reminded me of like an old Western in a way. Like it just, yeah, a everybody little... was like finding their way. Again, it was like the camera department was finding its way. The actors were finding their way. Everybody, like I could look at people's clothing and go, they never really wore that after season two. It was like, because we started to find what our looks were. But yeah. in this moment, it was kind of, again, we talk about this, this first season was really a lot of us trying to figure it out. And again, before we get into it, that small town, charming feeling. Exactly. I loved it. I loved, I loved it. it. I, I, I loved it too. And I, and I must say, when I, when I look at myself and you, you, you kill me. Oh just your look, just, no, it kills me. But me, Oakley, one of the best things I ever did as Tig, knowing nothing, scrambling to find out one percenters and all the stuff that we based our characters on and all the rings and what they mean. And the, 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 just the past of what our, what our club meant and quick research for Kimbo being pulled into the pilot at such a last minute like that. This guy, the best thing I did with, with props, Adam and, Br and Brando and the boys was to pick out those Oakley crosshairs. They were, Glasses that Oakley were dying to give someone on the show, and they thought this. And I looked, I said, "Yeah, those are Tig." And I stayed with Oakley for all seven years, and they uh, they evolved. But those were the original ones I wore for one or two seasons for sure. And uh, me, I mean, you and I talk about watching these shows. Some for the first time, some we've seen before. But man, oh man, my reminder of those 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 early sunglasses were special. Yeah, and it's funny, you know, I don't. I have such a blackout of a lot of it. Like I don't, but then there's certain scenes that I see and I go, I remember running on that grass. Yeah. In the park. Like I get, this why weird. is that? Why do we have that? That's so true. 
I don't know what it it's is. It's palpable. Like, we go back. You have a vision I of can it. Feel you remember it. it. I feel it. And then there's certain parts that I go, I have no idea no. that I was even there. <laughs> I don't remember it. I don't remember doing it. And again, I think because we are watching these middle episodes for the first time. And again, let, let's always clarify that you and I have seen the premieres because that's what we had to do. We've seen a lot of the finales, but the middle ones are new to us. And us seeing these, I guess it is that, like, even though it's years ago, bringing it back. So, listen, I just said the beginning of this show, it's such a cool opening with the small town carnival. You know, Jacks looks super young. You know, I, I just like everybody looks like super young. Um, and then we even cut to that big shot, which must have been an expensive shot with the IRA on the ship. I always wondered, did they do that in San Pedro or we used to go down there? Remember? They did. That's where that was. They did. And that was McKeevy on the on the yeah, boat. They they did. Yeah. That's Chapman who wound up who wound up going on to that other show, uh, who we wind up, you know, losing later on. And he's Kevin Chapman's a great dude, uh, really good guy, great actor. Um, but Kevin Chapman was fantastic, man. I think and I wanted to ask you, may I uh please was that the first time we heard Irish accents on this show? I know in the pilot we didn't really. Maybe did, maybe we did a little bit with the gun. Fuck, I don't even know. But yeah, again, the Irish accents are terrible. Could, could we just slow down a little bit? Like <laughs> I, I mean, it's. It, it, I took me five years to figure out Tommy Flanagan. Like I, no one could do dictionary Tommy Scottish. like me. No, at the end, Scottish. I mean, he he was the greatest of all time. I understand every word. This is the funny thing about me. I feel like I'm like a chibs whisperer. Like I understand yeah. every word he says. Took me, always took me five years, and then I got it. It was I was I had it. People would come up to me and be like, uh, we can't, you know, we need subtitles. I go, I understand every word he says. Yeah. It's the other Irish guys that I have no idea what they're talking about. The ones who were not pretending to be Irish, but they're not, uh, they don't speak in that dialect normally. Um, but again, Kevin's an amazing actor and it was so fun having him on. I had just seen him in a bunch of films he, prior to that. He was going to be. A bigger part. And he right? got a show. Like, he got a show. He got show. a show. And I, I know we were all like, oh, that's too bad. Because he really brought, brought gravitas and weight to the but show. But that show he got ran like seven years. It was a network uh, show. The one with Jim Caviezel. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. There you go. Whatever it was called. Uh, Taraji was on it, too. He got that. Made that network. Had money. to go. Good for him. No, no. Yeah, good for him. Yeah, yeah. He made, you know, the totally wasn't making the, the shekels I, we were making. I want to. <laughs> yeah. The shekels got a little better as the years went on. Yeah, yeah. But I got and I got to say that whole Carney scene. Um, I don't know if you noticed or not because you weren't in that early stuff, uh, the carnival stuff. We looped it all. We had ADR on every single line, and and, and I and I must say that that must have been so hard for the sound boys who did such a great job on our show because it was an early. We all were mic body mic, but there was machines going on in the background, and Carney's telling them to to keep it on the down low when we spoke. And so we, we just had to loop the entire thing. Stupid ADR. question. Stupid yeah. question. Um, and I know it's stupid before I say it. So I'm just going to say it anyway. Was that, 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 that was created just for us. Obviously it wasn't like a pre-existing no. carnival. In Sunland. No, Sunland didn't have a carnival like that. We, okay. we created that. And then also that had to be a pretty good amount of extras for a third show. There was a lot of people. 100%. Oh, 100%. It was a big, crowded day. 
Yeah. We just had so much fun. It was so our much carnival. fun. And we stuck out like sore thumbs with those cuts on and Oh my in there. God. And they're brand new and they're not dirty yet. Oh yeah. And then, oh, oh, okay. So, so then what I was saying, and we mentioned this on a previous show, uh, I did remember this that, and uh, I'm going to bring it up again, even though I already did, that Tom Sizemore was supposed to play the clown. Okay. Yeah. So is that true? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I'm not positive about anything in this life. I'm <laughs> 100% positive about that one. Because Wendy or somebody had told me that that was going to happen, but that was when Tom was going through a pretty tumultuous time. And I Tom. remember thinking, why would he play that? It was such a small kind of role. Tom, Tommy Sizemore and I go back a long way. Uh, yeah. As you know, we worked together in Black Hawk Down and another movie earlier than that. And I remember the takeoff of his career. I remember those early 90s. He did that uh, Sylvester Stallone prison movie. Yep. Uh, it's called then, uh, um, Lock, lock, uh, up, lock, lock up, up or yep. something. Yep. And then, and, then, and then he just started. Private Ryan to, was his – Private Ryan, he was amazing. On top of his game and heat. I mean, anyway, so wow, he's taken off time. And, and so Tommy and I in, in Morocco, we spent all that time together. I, I, I saw, you know, the demons, right, with Tom. And everyone's got demons and how do you deal with them and what, mm-hmm. what kind of demons are they? And, and Tommy is maybe still going through it. I'm, not, I'm really not sure. And I, mm-hmm. I wish him the best. But that, at that time, he was really trying to make a comeback, maybe, you know, and uh, Sons was going to be a big show. And he just wanted to work. I, I, no yeah, I did a movie with him in uh, 2000. And, okay. Yeah, about crystal meth um, that he wanted to do. He was sober at the time. Uh, we didn't have any scenes together, but it was a small little movie called Meth Head. And, uh, and um, I know he wanted wow. to do it okay. because okay. of his own demons. And it was right around the time of this. And that's why I was uh, kind of new about the story. So I just wanted to bring that bring that up. And then the other thing um, that I noticed in this beginning stuff, as we're going in, we were trying to bring half sack more in the club, right? Like yeah. clay was trying to like, get him in, Hey, learn something, you know, telling yeah. him to get in there. Is he ready? Is he, is ready? he ready? Yeah. And he asked you, he asked Tig, like, is he, is he ready? And that was really such a cool, like prospect thing, right? That's what he was doing. That's, that's what club members do with prospects. Is 100%. he ready? Let him learn something, bring him in. Um, and they were coming to bring the guns. That was really, again, remember, third episode here. So we're establishing IRA ties. We're establishing yeah. prospects, yeah. the club, yeah. who we are. Um, the Nords, Darby. We'll get into that. But all that, who's who? Small town. And I, and I mentioned like, uh, like, like, like when Elliot's wife and daughter, yeah. who were such a big part of this show, yeah. we, 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 we meet them right away. There they are. And, and, and what a nice family. And, and what's the tie between Oswald and, and Clay? What is, what's that really mean? What's, what's going on with those two? I don't know. And, and showing the difference between the outlaw bikers and the rich people in the neighborhood, gotcha. you know, the people who own everything and, and, and the dichotomy of the two and, and gotcha. why they need us and we need them, but uh, kind of, yeah. you know, they don't want to acknowledge it. Great writing. Great writing. Great writing. Great setup. Great setup. Saturday's setups earlier were just phenomenal, man. And and by the way, and setting up all this stuff super early, right? And there's something I'm going to say. Here's what I here's. Tell me, I could be completely wrong. Yeah. Do you think? Because we see right away early 
that yeah. the young girl has been assaulted. Right? Yeah, I got that down right here. Absolutely heartbreaking. The way it was shot, the way she's left there, the way whatever, and it, it, it's absolutely heartbreaking. Here's my question to you. Do you think that that moment led to Gemma's moment in season two, episode one? Oh, wow. Do you think that I, that put it in his brain? I Maybe. That's a, a, an incredible question. But what I do know about Sutter is he, for better or for worse, was not afraid of tackling all the issues. Complex issues. All of them. From assault to guns to kids shootings coming up down the line in season yeah. four. Whatever. And, yeah. and just what, what school shootings, you know, it just... You couldn't do these, any of that anymore. These things that she would tackle were so like, uh, we're right there at, at that, that aftermath of that beautiful little girl in the woods there. And, and I she's could, 13 can't in watch the show. She's 13, she's 13 yeah. years old. And I was thinking when he's writing this, is this the spark for what happens to Gemma later? Cause it's not many episodes later, it's 10 episodes later. And Gemma has such a, you know, we'll come to find out later on in this episode as such a big part of, her talking to the mom talking talking to the mom mom, going into the room with her and all that so the little girl so i i just i that was something that was sitting in my brain again uh i just thought that was really interesting for what happens with Gemma later on so so then after that uh here we are again the sons uh you know the 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 gang that can't shoot straight we never have money we're always worried and 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 why was why am i yelling so much i mean tig at the beginning of I started yelling at everybody, like yelling. I'm, McKeevy Tom, was yelling too. Everybody Tom, was yelling. Tommy is looking at me like we were in church there. We're all around trying to figure out what we're, who we're going to help, who we're not going to help. Um, are we going to? And I'm going, no, we're screaming. not going Screaming. And then Charlie screams and then Boone goes, shut up. It was like, what the hell just happened? I had to, I wrote this down. Why is everyone yelling at the table over Oswald? I literally wrote this down. And, right, no, right before no, this, wait, before we did that, Oswald comes to the sons for help. That's right. Let's talk about that for a second. Go right ahead. By the way, just to reiterate, great fucking writing. In the at the carnival, yeah. Oswald and uh Gemma Clay and Oswald's wife have a moment, and you realize that uh, you know, what is uh Clay, I think, says he doesn't want to maybe he doesn't want to be seen with the big bad bikers, right? And um because Gemma says they should remove the stick from her ass or whatever they say, right? Cut to something, the worst thing that could ever happen to a parent happens. And who does he come to? The big bad bikers, right? So now it's this, this chess match, this game. And then we go right from Oswald coming to ask for help, bas- basically begging for it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Clay tells Clay knows that he's going to do it for free. And we come to find out that nothing's for free. Right. There was a reasoning. He I did. know. I know. That's right. Which I, I didn't see coming. I didn't um, see coming. And Charlie <laughs> didn't see coming until the end, which we'll get to. Which we'll get to. But then we cut to the church, you know, which is uh, the table, which we call church, uh, the clubhouse part where the table is. And you are screaming. Screaming. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at this episode last night going, shut up. Take it down a notch, buddy. And I got Tommy beside me going, like, what the fuck? I mean, what a tree. And everyone's smoking. Everyone. What's with this smoking? Because we were still we, smoking we thought, at the time. We thought we could just puff. I puff wasn't smoking. Away. I grew into it. But you were just like. Puffing away. 
puffing away. It's when I used to smoke cigarettes, and I that's before I knew what it meant to be a smart actor. By the way, all the young actors out there. Don't smoke. First of all, don't smoke. First of all, it's 2020. We're pretty positive now that smoking is the dumbest thing on the planet. Everybody knows it. If you smoke, yes, I'm going to tell you you shouldn't, right? Okay, that's number one. Get mad. Write a fucking comment. I don't care. You shouldn't smoke. I know I used to smoke. Here's the thing for young actors. I know. Sometimes you think that if you're a (laughs) smoker... And someone says smoke in a scene. You're like, this is amazing. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Well, let me tell you something about it. Did acting. you go through about 20 cigarettes in that scene? At least. Go, go right ahead. Because they shoot a scene from 96 different angles. And sometimes a scene could take upwards of four hours. The cigarette, if you choose to smoke, it always has to be smoked in the scene. And it also has to be continuity. The same which length. means when juice lit the cigarette you have to do that on every, every single, single time every and then day. is it half done and the continuity girl will come over to us and go feel you and, and so that good idea for the first light up might have been so cool if you want to smoke in that scene but it turns out to be your worst nightmare because you have because to you're smoke violently 20. ill yeah you're violently Just, ill oh my god violently hard, ill. You, hard you, would, you would smoke 20 to 30 cigarettes within a within a three to four hour span you were sick to your stomach and you learned oh, real yeah. quick to never do it again. And then people say, well, wait a second. I didn't know they use real cigarettes on the show. They don't usually. They actually usually don't. But idiots, like we were in the beginning, would use real ones. And then when we got to the later time and we use fake ones, guess what? They suck just as much. Herbal. They were herbal cigarettes and they were horrible. Horrible. They smelled like pot. Torched your lungs. Horrible. Torched your lungs. Worse. So don't ever smoke in real life and surely don't ever smoke on fucking camera. Okay. <laughs> That's the lesson of the day, kids. Um, Fun okay. So after you're yelling at everyone um, and everybody's screaming, we see Hale's father for the first time. Question. Do we ever see him again? That was a one-time offer? Not sure. I, I, you're asking, like, do you think I know anything? No. I, I don't know a thing. No. I don't, I don't know. So I'm really not sure. I believe that was the first and only time we see him. Correct in the comments. I, I, I think care. it is. Let us know. Okay. Hale then does a scene where he comes to uh, the clubhouse. And I couldn't remember his name, but Hale comes with the two other cops, which, by the way, turns into a great scene. But Hale was doing the CSI Miami sunglasses. Sunglasses. <laughs> Good old what was David the actor's Caruso. name? Caruso. David Caruso. My boy. You're your boy. You worked I with know, him. I know. I worked with him. I did six too. shows with this guy. Those glasses moves he did on CSI Miami are fucking classic, by the way, as an actor. And, that choice. And the Emmy goes to best sunglass removal, David Caruso. Tell him how he did it. You worked with oh, him more than I did. Just like, no. And, and the thing about David, he was a perfectionist. If he didn't, if they didn't cut, cut. Like we would spend hours just to make sure that that looked that thing. That's why it looked so smooth and so cool because he had to do it over it because he wasn't wasn't feeling it. And I'm going, can I just have my lunch now? What a choice! Take him off. What a fucking choice! Put so him on. I, I got I got he went full Caruso in that scene, and I thought it was <laughs> amazing. It was amazing because you don't realize that when you're acting, you think about every little thing that's happening, right? You could hear a cricket fart if you're acting because you just, you're so aware. Everything's hypersensitive. 
but to think like I'm going to take my glass off right as I say this, it's amazing. It's amazing. And, uh, and it's so, so early. This is early hail. This is baby hail. Figuring Third it out. Episode. Figuring it out. Figuring it out. So then we go to Wendy in the hospital with Tara. Uh, and, I, and I just got to say, good old Dre DeMatteo, hard to put her down. Hard it's just like down. hard to put her down. She ain't when, down. She, when she signed on for this and Sutter told her a, 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 an arc, that he told all of us slightly about an arc. I mean, and, and I got more coming up about her, but you, you just can't put her down. That no. girl just no. came to play every day. She looks amazing. She's so perfect for the role. Um, you know, best hair in the business kind of just kicks ass. And again, seeing her and Tara together, it just, just great acting and, and such tension. And again, uh, and I'll make a, I'll make a comment later about the Tara Gemma scenes, but just great scenes. And there, there were so many uh, women, I, powerful women. Yeah. And also what I'm realizing, Fragile, the early not afraid scenes, of their feelings. No. Yeah. And what I'm realizing the early stuff, we were in the hospital a lot, a lot. And do you know yeah. why, Theo? I know why. Because it was a good storyline, A. B, because we didn't have as much money. No. We, were, we were on that set, that beautiful North Hollywood studio, old chips from the early 70s set that they redid for Telemoro, the garage. Yeah. And we had those two small, big sets that they would do. Di- and the hospital set was a big one. And they wanted to use it. And they did. So here's what's funny. Uh, I That set, we had our own set. People know, people who are huge fans of the show know about it. You know, a lot of people back uh, as we got to the later seasons would hang out outside of it. Hundreds would of they people. ever, would they um, ever tell You could see from the street, you could yeah. see the clubhouse, you can see everything. Yeah. And ultimately it was a mini soundstage. Uh, bigger sound stages would be Warner brothers and Paramount and CBS Correct. and all that. Okay. Um, this was a mini soundstage. And if you ever get a chance in your life, and even if you just go on kind of YouTube and look at it, there's a magic to sound stages that is like nothing I've ever felt, especially if you're a young actor. Sound stages are magical. They're, yeah. there's, they're, a, they're a false world inside of a world. And when you're on them, when no one's there, and especially if you're a bit of a Hollywood historian, it feels like this is incredible. You're on this set that, that especially on an iconic show like Sons that you, you'd walk into. Remember, because remember, we would hang out late night by the table and, and never forget different. it. It's amazing, right? And we would, we would eventually bring friends like Andrew Cogliano, who's yeah. now playing for Dallas. Hoist Gracie. Hoist Gracie. Oh my yeah. gosh. And the boys. We would, and they would literally come onto the, that soundstage studio that we had for Sons of Anarchy, and they would lose their, you know what? They, yeah. there was the clubhouse, there was the church, there was the the hospital, there was Ron and, and, and Clay and, and Gemma's bedroom, yeah. like all the set. I remember when never, Carmelo Anthony came; he just wanted to see the table. He's like, just show right, me. I just right. want to see the table. I just want right. to see the church. Amazing. It's amazing. Amazing times. Yeah. But the point is that these sound stages before us, the show that was there was uh, a little trivia for people was Pamela Anderson's VIP. I know it didn't last long. Um, that was the show after she did after Baywatch. And then it went, became our studio. And again, could have been temporary. If the show doesn't work out, it would only be a little while. So we would add to the studio as the years went. But in the beginning, we had Telemoro, we had the clubhouse, and we had the hospital. That's right. Those and are the three all- big ones. 
Those were the three big ones. And then we had Jax's little room in the back. Remember, it was Damn past straight. John Teller's bike. Damn straight. Damn we had a little room. And, and yeah. it was set up very similar to the way you see it in the show. We would leave the clubhouse. There'd be the kitchen. There'd be the pool table. And then, and then you'd be you know, on a fake stage. But when you were inside of it, then you'd walk. you see Jax's little room. I can't imagine. I wasn't there for it. But I wonder what it looked like when they were taking it down. Well. I never saw them take it down, but I saw the remnants after they did. Mm. And they left the Tello, Teller Moro sign up over the garage. Everything was gone inside the garage, but they left that up for two months wow. just to leave it up. And I remember riding my motorcycle by there. I, I live in, you know, area, that area ish, Pasadena. But anyway, I would be able to go to, and I would, I would dry, drive by and ride by and there it was. And they kept it up and then finally it was gone. And I remember Charlie telling the story how he went back after we were all done, 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 just to visit it one more time after everything was gone. And it was a very uh, weird feeling, but. They should have kept it up and made back. it for like tourists and stuff. They should have did something. I like, know. That would have been yeah. super cool if they just that kept it. Super cool, man. But another show went in and then another show, another show. I don't know what it's doing now. Probably not much. This not changing no, they're world. They're never going to have what we had there. The seven years, same cruise, the whole bit. So uh, there is something special. So, okay, here's something. Jay Carnes, the stalking of Tara. I got written down. Oh, no. Cone. Oh, no. Is this the first time we see him on the show? Again. you know Who knows? I you know, I don't know. I don't know. I think so. I was a huge fan of The Shield. He played a character, by the way, which would be referenced to Juice later, called Dutch Boy. Oh, Dutch. Wow. He played Dutch on oh, The Shield. Wow. I was a huge fan, fan of his. Yeah. I uh, still am. I still am. So my question is, why was Tara so scared of him? Well, I, I, I do know. Okay. He... He and I, that's why I think this is the first time we see him because the sound of shock in her voice when she picks up the phone and it's him from Chicago and she hangs up she goes nuts. and then she goes to Hale and goes, I have a, I have a restraining order. Does it, does it kind of work here? And he's, he's going to find out for her. He, he right away, Sutter sets up the table full. This guy's bad news. Mm. He is such, he's horrible news for Tara. This is. And so, but we don't know he's coming. We don't know he's going to show up in Charming. We find out. But oh my God, that moment is, I felt it. I went, oh, this is, who's this guy? Bad. FBI agent or something? ATF. 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 Which is what? Uh, 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 fuck, I don't know. (laughs) ATF. It's, you know, food and fucking guns and trafficking and all sorts of shit let's guess atf american look it up you can't look it up up. get me up i got it i got it what is it i would have never have got this go do you want to take a guess food and drug administration food guns drugs something like that that's not obviously none of that starts with a t or f no alcohol tobacco firearms oh yeah there you go yeah that's it okay so he was a big shot with that just like you know stall right so 
So Big they're, shot at ATF. They're, they're the guys who obviously are checking people for, you know, guns and all that. So now we cut to sack and juice scene uh, where I tell him to get on the mini bike. Yeah. <laughs> what a fucking, again, the comedy. God, those is. are some good times, though. God, Come on. Times. Do you remember shooting that scene? No, I don't remember oh, anything. Here's what I remember. I remember I, I had it. on this gray shirt with all these skulls on it that Kelly Jones was pushing on me heavy. And <laughs> the she, costume designer, for those of you yeah, who want to know yeah, Kelly. Costume designer Kelly. She Amazing used to, Kelly. She used to want me in the beginning in graphic t-shirts. And I was steadfast against it. But remember, I was a guest star the first year. So I could only, I couldn't be the gorilla in the room that I am now back then i was very like whatever you need guys whatever you want i'll do whatever just don't fire me i love being here you know i i was so nervous that i was going to not be on the show anymore so i would do whatever they said if they told me to wear a poncho i would have wore a poncho i would have wore anything they said so they had this these shirts with these skulls and i remember thinking man i don't like this but Again, it was what everyone else is wearing. This guy's wearing a black shirt. This guy's wearing a blue Reaper shirt. You can't wear it. This one's wearing that. They would get all the first choice and I'd be last. So that's what I remember about the scene. But with the mini bike, I didn't remember it. But I do remember we all rode it. Oh, I yeah. Would, everybody rode it. Everybody had to. What a great scene. Can you imagine Chris Reed getting on that thing no. years later? Oof. No. No, no, Tires bike, would have been blown. He, no, he would have been wearing that bike like underwear. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now it's him. Okay. Then, by the way, what kind of drugs was in that coffee that you give the cops? Because they went oh. out like a sack of potatoes. They oh, went, my <laughs> God. I mean, is that is that next? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So can I talk about this? Please. I, 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 saw, I think I made up a word or Sutter made up. You improv that whole scene. Something about. Trappuccinos, it or sleepuccinos. Like I said, it's so quick to the boys. What did I say? You, you didn't hear it, obviously, Theo. But I, I replayed it, replayed it, and I maybe trappuccinos or slappuccinos or sleepuccinos, something. But that that's gonna knock them the fuck out. And boy, did it ever! And I gotta tell you, after those cops went down, and I say something that's funny. Ron said something that was funny. Charlie adlibbed that. Uh, don't fall on the flow no more or something like that. Don't fall on the flow no more. That laugh that Perlman and I had <clears throat> was so surprising and it was so real. That was a Kim Coates laugh. That was like Charlie was so fucking funny at that door. And those are the good old days, man, of this show. Those were some of the... Wow, Out of all the fun. episodes we've done, that felt like the first scene that I watched that went, that's improv there's improv going on because again, remember you and I, you and I have spoke a lot that that was a no, no on this show. Yeah. You know, we stuck to the writing. Um, we, you know, we sure did. there's, there's projects you do that the writing goes out the window and you just got to be in the ballpark. And then there's projects where you don't change an end and a the, and this was one of those. And that, I think this was super early on, maybe before the full enforcement of that. And that scene Whatever was going on in that seemed so real and improvised, and uh, it was amazing. It was so fun to watch. It was a little scene that was just really fun to watch, and that's what I wrote on here. Again, you and I will always have nostalgia for the comedic stuff because you know it kind of uh, started to go away. Um, but awesome. always, always, never forget it. 
So, so, that, so, so go okay, ahead. go ahead. Now she gives say, juice the vitamins. So, so juicy, like what the fuck was going on with you? Like you took those vitamins, like they were like, you, you couldn't wait to dip your finger, take a pill. Like what was good? Like that was always such, such good work, but you couldn't wait. Like you were like a little kid with a candy store. Like what's okay. going on with. So remember again, these characters change so much. In the beginning, we didn't know who Juice was. In the pilot, the original pilot, I was a totally different character named Jay. Correct. Who was a hacker, who was um it's so weird when you think about it too. My character's name was it J J I had a totally different name in the original pilot. I think it might have been J D, which is interesting because J D Pardo is the lead of the Mayans. I don't know. Yeah, this is weird. I don't know if I'm in the Truman Show. But point is, I, my, Juice was not my name in the original pilot. And in the original pilot- And that's the pilot I didn't shoot, so I wouldn't know you that. Weren't I could help you out, but I wasn't in it. But I had a full head of hair. He was, a, he was drinking Jolt Cola. He was a hacker. And he was, uh, was mm. kind of like speed and drugs and speed and moving fast. Yeah. So there was a lot of cobwebs being held over in those original episodes. I think that that's a cobweb where he was like the guy that if you gave him any drugs, he did. And there's a couple of- 100%. No, for sure it was. Right. Yeah, for sure. So when you give those to him, he's like, oh, let's go. Right? He just takes him because he's an idiot. He's, he's basically a simpleton. When he took those and you said they were vitamins, which I thought yeah. was really interesting and funny, he doesn't even- He just no. looks at him, takes them. Yeah. Doesn't care. Doesn't care. We were still finding out who he was at that point. And, uh, and again, that leads to this incredible payoff at episode three at the end. So now we cut to Unser Jack's scene in the barbershop. Interesting scene, right? Um, Unser, I love that barbershop. We've talked about this before. Floyd. Floyd, Floyd yeah, amazing. Place. Unser's doing this scene with shaving cream on his face. Um. Him and Jax again. Can I have a second? Can I have a second? Can I enjoy it for a second? The only quiet part of my fucking week. Yeah, like, this you is, know, the only yeah. part I enjoy it. Such a curmudgeon. Fuck it up. <laughs> and he's so great in that role. And he's such a curmudgeon. He had to wear that shitty ass sheriff outfit, which is probably so uncomfortable. Wall, hot. Too. Wall, hot. hot. Oof. That's why he was probably angry all the time. <laughs> no, <laughs> he, did a, he did a Brando. Dave never had that shit on until five minutes, Mr. Unser, five, five minutes. minutes, you know, and he would put that shit on and go, oh God, here we go. Here but we he go. was so good. So oh, good. So, good. so we get, we get, again, we're always in the beginning, a lot in the beginning, we were dealing with the, the, the incredibleness of that relationship between the cops and the sons, right? We were always yeah. dealing with that. So they have that great scene. It's a complicated relationship. And then, and I got, I'm always going to give a shout out to my guy, Mitch, uh, uh, Darby. Yeah. Uh, he, Pelleggi, he's Pelleggi the best. was so fucking good in that role. So good. And almost like he had this walk that was a bit light in the loafers. Yeah. The way he swayed it. The shirt was undone. ambiguous. You didn't know. Like, yeah. He was so slippery. And the way he moved was like so slippery, slippery and weird and. I, I'm fuck man because I we know Mitch you know so well outside of it and the way he played that fucking character is you you couldn't get a read on him you didn't know what was going on and 
so he, and again, I know we'll talk about this later, but he kind of disappears after season one, right? Comes back here and there. But again, as Sutter did so his way, he moves on, moves on. He just moves on. There's so many other things going on. The Russians, the Irish, then, then, then the Mayans become, and, and then the Nords, the Nords came back. Remember that one time coming up? I don't know what season. You tell me to put black shoe polish on. We were with him Sorry. and his girl. Um, anyway, he, he comes back and forth here and there. But Mitch was a true team guy. He would do 20 episodes a year, even though we only did 13, or he'd do two. Because he loved playing. He did total. I don't know. I'd have to look it up, but I've got my phone here because I'm in Joyce's bedroom. But one thing about Mitch, too, there's, I I don't know where we are in our notes, really. I mean, here it is, but I got to tell you. Oh, yeah, just before you're taking your vitamins, Darby coming out, you're in the hospital or where Gemma. I mean, he had some eyeliner going on. Mitch, oh, yeah. Mitch was a little heavy on the eyeliner. Now, who doesn't like a little bit of eyeliner, right? Like, please. But, <laughs> I know Tig does. Yeah, yeah, you got you know, him in. Yeah, I don't have any today, but I know, I know what that means. But Mitch, calm down a little bit, you beautiful human being. Calm, back in the calm day, down. yeah, back in the day, they were they were slapping it on those eyes to get the peepers going. Um, it, what a, what a great scene, by the way. Is that already happened with him and Gemma? I think I have that. Uh, it's probably coming up. All right, but that. Up. But 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 again, oh, no, just it's, it's right in there, and I I'm, we're right on track. I got to say that that um, the day that we pull up these bikes, Clay, Tig, Bobby, can't remember if Jax was with us that day or not, but one of the bikes just kept falling over, falling over. Oh, when you pull up to the and hospital. Yeah, yeah. It was one of those days, and just it's going to never go any further. But one of the bikes just kept falling, and we just kept having to get those goddamn bikes back up. And, and we got through the day. Then we walk closer to what's going on with Darby. And that guy, I'm telling you what, I remember Jack LeJudas was part writer on this with Kurt. And I remember Darby pissing Tig off so, so bad. And I, I just, I wanted, I wanted to add shit. Yeah. And Jack came over to me and said, you know what? Less is more. Don't yeah, say you anything. Were, you were talking about the guy that you killed and all this kind of stuff. Something was going on in there. And, and, and Ron was saying, Clay was saying something to Darby and I'm in the middle of it. And, and I just, I just remember Jack going, you're good. Yeah. Cause the guy disappeared. One of the Nords disappeared. Something. You, yeah. You had yeah, been part of it. Yeah. Yeah, and so he just said, "No, no, don't," because I just wanted to go off. Yeah, but Tig Tig always had that. It wasn't until later on Tig kind of always had that pit bull reaction to everything. One hundred percent, right away, like first one up, first one ready to go, right away. Let's make it happen. And um, and you got right in his face. And obviously, Darby was our enemy in the beginning. Him and Alvarez, you know, were the two main you know antagonists. And let me ask you this, Theo. You you know you would know this. Again, the scene with Gemma and Darby, which is right in here before he comes outside with Gemma. Mm-hmm. Like, they have a past. There's a of past of charming. Of that, like, Darby was just a little stupid white boy yep. who grew into what he believed in now. When Gemma was prison. just – and went to prison. And then you get Gemma – well, we certainly know what that matriarch, you know, that sees the show. I, I mean, you know. So – but they're the, they know each other. 
They've grown up a little and bit again, with each other. And again, this is why a, a fucking prequel, you, the prequel would up. be amazing. If they did a prequel of all these people young, you could have Darby when he's young. You could have Unsu when he's young. Oh you could have Piney when God. he's young. Can you it would imagine? be so fucking great. Floyd when he's young. You could have all these people. If you did like a 1968 John Teller, again, I could say that till just because I want to see it. I would love to see the genesis of the whole thing and, and the show when like Jax is like a teenager. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Whoa. Wow. I just wrote it. I just wrote the whole show. I just wrote seven seasons. So just like that. So now we go to the raid on the house. These are really funny. I was very fortunate. Aren't they here. funny? Aren't I wasn't funny? there. Thank God. No, no, I, got- I, I, I just, I just want to say, uh, Theo, it's the best work you've ever done when you're on the ground drugged up. Drug you're not speaking. Spit. You're not. You're not acting. You just spew, and you were out. And I thought that give him an Oscar for that fucking scene right now. Spit was my idea. Is there any? Yeah. <laughs> my idea. From experience, or just because you? Yeah, a no, reader, I was actually or? really passed out. You were you really know, passed out. Yeah, I'll tell you one of the big problems <laughs> I've always had as an actor. One of the big problems, many that I have, but one of them was whenever I either have to be dead in something. Or be passed out, I really fall asleep. <laughs> of course you do. So the sound department hates me because I'm always snoring. And they're like, what are you yeah, doing? You're supposed yeah. to be dead or passed out. <laughs> so, so I'm not good to die that in stuff. Is- Funny. And you and I, we like to die in, in television oh, shows and movies. That's our my, thing. My, my mom. Who do you kill in this one? Do you die in this one? You're playing a doctor. He's a bad doctor. Oh, Jesus, Joyce. I play the hero once in a while. Once in a while? <laughs> I'm not killing everybody. And I don't die in everything. But no, I get it. And, and the point is I fall asleep. So in that part, I am asleep. Funny. I messed up with the guns. You grab the bag. You guys go on this rock and roll soundtrack mission. Heavy banger, cracker, freaking music, man. What happened? Bangered out. What happened? Well, you, you know, like what happened was when we realized Juice fucked up, and there's no clips in the bag. We were going to go get the one guy that we feel responsible for what he's been doing. And we when like, were trying to find the rapist. We're trying to, right? You th- and and we, you think one of the Nords one, is that guy. Oh, no, right. 100%. No, yep. 100%. Because he's got to be. We've, we've got a little intel. He's got to be there. And they are all former sexual predators who are on the rebound. They're on the Bible deal now. They're on yeah. the, oh, woe is me. I was a bad person. I'm changed. And we've done that a couple of times in the show. This is the first time we did it. But we was with, with I remember with um, Adam Arkin's character coming up. The, we well, busted into the party. House, yeah. In the party. And they're all just sipping tea and eating little sandwiches. It did Sons lead to it did lead to one of the best lines that I think we've ever had on the show, where uh, Clay says, "My transgressions are all I have left," which is yeah, such a fucking great line. No, beautiful, such beautiful great, line. Says Father, my tra-, and then everybody's singing "Kumbaya" as they walk away. Yeah, which yeah. again was you know, sons at its finest, us hamming it up and <laughs> jackling again. out, jackling out, man. Yeah, and it's kind right. of what made the show the show. That's when the jackals we were forming, you know, that's when everything was kind of everybody was trying to find their moments and stuff. So then we see Tara laying the groundwork on Carnes. She's obviously upset about him. This is when she's telling, you know, what you said before. She's telling him about the the does the uh, 
Tell restraining him, order. Restraining order work yeah. here in Illinois. Does it work she, here? Yeah. Yeah. She's super nervous, right? Um, okay. So in that same breath, now we're going to see Gemma's coming in. Gemma's going to see Wendy's with the, Wendy with the flowers and all that. And we show her family really is. This was the big Gemma thing, right? We've talked about this a lot. Gemma was just family. You could say Thank nothing. You. Thank right? you. That's it. Gemma equals family. That's it. No more, no less. That's it. That was her thing. No matter what, you were not, she would kill every single person, push everyone to the side. You're not going to mess with her family. You're not going to mess up her family. That was her thing. That's what Perfectly she did. Perfectly said. Perfectly said. Obviously, that was the downfall of her, which we'll get to, but that was such a big part of this. So she has those scenes with Wendy. Again, a lot of hospital stuff is going on at the time. Um, and, and the subtle stuff in that scene, Theo, if I may, again with Drea, right? Like, like here's literally a day before that, Gemma's putting a needle in her, like like trying to kill. Well, this, Gemma like, didn't put it in her. She just didn't left put it, it in. Her. She left yeah. it for her. Of course, yeah. she didn't put it in. But you know what I meant. And yeah. and all of a sudden, you've got you know first time back flowers, and then Dre is all. I didn't say anything. Didn't say anything. Didn't say anything. And Gemma's just so. That's good. Um, how's your tea? How you feel today? Here's some flowers. The nurse, like it's just so matter. A fact. And then she says, you better get water for these flowers. We wouldn't want anything to die in here. She's right. very, I mean, that's Sarcastic, why love that funny, character. dark, real, real Gemma was so real. Oh, God. And, just, and honestly, here's the thing about Gemma. I, I've come to the conclusion as we're watching these why people love her so much. She said whatever was on her mind. And I think that we as people wish we can do that. Gemma said oh. whatever was on her mind at all times. Boy, did she ever. She didn't matter. Right, wrong, didn't or matter. indifferent. Yeah. Right, wrong, or indifferent. She never right. held anything back. Never. No, that's exactly right. That's a, And that's, listen, that's a quality that most people, because we all feel things and we don't say things because we're bound by whatever. And she had a freedom to her that I think that's where the whole what would Gemma do things came from. She just was free in I, who she was. That's correct. And I feel that Sutter in his writing with Gemma got to expound certainly in these early episodes, the tone of truths and lies, family. Gemma broadcast it subtly and real, as you just said, in a lot of these early episodes, like now we're at the point, I think where she's talking to Karen, the mother, yeah, right? Mother outside. And and I and I go I don't know about you but or I, when she goes I don't know you and you don't know me but I know about burning the truth hiding those the truth. burying the truth yeah bury bury bur- not burning burying. burying the truth that's yeah. a better word it's like Gemma throw throws spaghetti against the fridge and ninety nine percent of the time they stick the spaghetti sticks to the fridge mm-hmm. because what she says is so truthful to that mother at that time she doesn't even know her no. knows of her. That that woman met at the fair, and she certainly knows of Gemma Teller for sure. But uh, Morrow Teller, whatever Gemma's last name is in this beautiful show. Teller Morrow. Uh, both. So, you know, honestly, I, I think Gemma was the sword carrier for a lot of these early moral yeah, compass things. And what I wrote about that scene was, you know, again, SOA deals with so many complex issues, which you touched on earlier in this in this conversation is – they just didn't shy away from it. Here she is 
Gemma and this mother and talking about she's going to be the girl. She doesn't, the mother doesn't want her to be the girl who's always known in the town as the person who was assaulted, sexually assaulted by the clown at this carnival. And she says, she's always going to be that girl in her own mind. That's right. And I'm like, man, I, I just don't even know, you know, if a show like this could exist anymore, but man, he just went in on issues and things and got to the psychology of things that I was like, wow, we're talking about like a 13 year old girl and not just her assault. We're now talking about how the mother feels about it from an affluent, rich perspective of not wanting her daughter. And Gemma comes in from a totally different perspective of she's always going to feel that way. And and, and may I I I just add to this, you just said Gemma's insertion of that line is, is, of course, the mother has been thinking those things but won't say them or doesn't know how to say them. And Gemma's saying them for her. Correct. She's always going to be that girl. So get, get, but how does she deal with it from this moment on? This is, this is going to be your challenge as a mother. Her challenge in this absolutely stomach stomach turning moment of this poor little girl and in the storyline of sons of anarchy this is these these are the topics that sutter never shied away from way before way before his time never and and again they got even more complex so now she tells jackson i wasn't there for the big fight with the carnies because obviously juices passed out on drugs um i heard a lot about that i i'm going to tell you the whole thing okay because i heard a lot about that yeah. fight all right. That was iconic in the now beginning you, of our first season. It's our very first big one. And I and the, the music in the background again and the crazy yeah. little music. And I want you to try and imagine it's the last scene of the night okay. at the carnival. It's the last absolute. And we had, for whatever reason, a four-hour break. A four-hour. They were doing something else. Other actors. I'm not sure what. But us jackals had a four-hour break, and it's 10 o'clock at night. Didn't film until 2 in the morning. So some people slept. Some people didn't sleep. Some people did other things. Some people slept. Some people were not, not doing Yahtzee, okay? Right. And it was time to do the fight. And we had early days. This is where Tommy right Broke away. Broke the guy's nose. Broke the guy's yeah, nose. Yeah. But Tommy said right away. Because it was going to be okay, and then you cross the dick, and the, he goes, "No, what I'm doing is I'm running right for this guy. I'm going to headbutt him because that's what Scottish people do. Oof. He's out, and I keep going. Oof. That's what he did. Oof. And Tommy come in a little too close, smackaroo, smackaroo. Stunt guy goes down. We thought it was the greatest act we've ever seen. Nose was a tad, tad broken. Broke his nose. Kim, Kim Coates." does his thing as Tig, but it was written in the script, bites his ear off. Yeah. That was Tig's first of many biting the ear off. Or getting bit. Or getting bit. Or getting bit. Or getting bit in the ass. Anyway, Tig, I said said to Sutter, I don't know, like after the second or third ear bite, I'm going, what the fuck is that? He goes, just go with it. And I did. I just started, it's the ear biting scene for Kim. Here we go. So that that scene was the first 
Can we get through? What else did you hear about that scene? Anything that I've left out? No, no. I just, you know, again, that was our first big fighting scene. We had, we had a few throughout the seasons, like these, these uh, uh, group fights or gang fights, whatever you want to call them. Yeah. Be a, a lot of people. And those are always very complicated because, um, it's hard enough doing stunts for two people. It's even harder when you're doing it for 50 people or 20 people or, you know, 10. And especially, you know, uh, in the beginning, you know, cause, uh, it was just tough. So I wasn't there. And I remember, you know, coming in the next day or whatever. And they're like, Oh, it was chaos. You know, this person got hit with this. This person tore their shoulder. This person fell. Hurt their person, knee. Yeah. Everybody oh, yeah, was a mess. And remember, this was when we were proving that Havsack was a really, uh, the character was a great boxer. So he had to do all these boxing moves. Oh, he I were forgot biting that. People. Yep. I forgot that. He, he was, was biting a boxer. People. That's right. He was a boxer in the army or whatever. Chibs is headbutting. That's when Bobby was like the three stooges where it was like, woo, woo. You yeah, know, yeah. It was like, <laughs> <laughs> over here. Boom. Over here. You know, over and here. it was just Boom. all this kind of stuff. So those are always a shit show. And I think that was the first chapter in the shit, of the show, shit show of yeah. fighting. Yeah. Um, okay. So now we go to the clown. I have a question about this Carney clown. What were all the marks on his chest? You know, we, we can, we can think they Was were nailed. Significance? They, well, they, we can think that he's either a cutter or people were scratching him, you know, scratching when trying to oh. fight him off, fend him off. Um, I don't want to get too deeply into the psychology of that, but I think okay. that's what it probably is. Curi- I was just curious because I know when they lifted a shirt, there was a moment where everybody paused and I didn't know if that, if I didn't know if I missed something, I was like, what? I, 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 I truly think that that's just a reaction that someone would have because he's done it so many times of being fought off or battled off with, with nails. Okay. But- so now this is a pretty fucking tense scene. This is before I we're burning- we were doing it. I couldn't believe we were yeah, doing it. This is before we're burning people's backs before yeah. the stuff with Jenna yeah. before all the horribleness that goes yeah. on that we've done. Here we are, episode three, and we're cutting someone's nuts off. And I literally was like, like my stomach turned inside out because I didn't remember the scene. I remember I, I wasn't sure if Oswald did it. I was like, did he do it? And I'm watching it thinking he's going to do it. And you obviously knew because I wasn't there. So I, I, remember, I remember. I remembered. I remembered the whole scene, and I. But I'd never seen it before. And I got to tell you something. That look that Johnny Lewis gave to Clay as he's doing it after Osborne couldn't do it, didn't have the strength, didn't have the the man, the whatever that is, the, the to man up to do it. And then when when Clay takes over and what he's doing and what he's saying, and for Jax to figure out what to, what what Perlman's saying to to Oswald. Uh, and then to to see Johnny Lewis turn around and and grab for because he's only got one nut, just the must the feeling that he was going through before Clay did it was all palpable, man. I mean oh. that that whole scene came back to me, and of course the guy playing the clown, he, you know, he wasn't allowed to say anything. There was going to be no dialogue, but there was gonna, like we wanted to make sure that people knew he was really gagged under that bit of mask that we had, like really gagged. So he had to do different variations of screaming or whatever that, that you know, up and down. And he did it for an hour and a half, man. It was like, 
Oh man, okay. it was such a tense scene, and it tense was scene. so tense, and it was so great to watch, and um, it just so much tension, and 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 really was everything that I, I, I that was like again, here we are, yeah. episode three. Let's tell people what this show is. So again, Clay and Jax now they're you know having this disagreement. Clay's always looking out for the club. We get the John Teller voiceover again. Uh, you know, I was saying something about that voiceover in my head last night. Uh, they really gave that guy the most generic dialect ever. Like he's just very, it's almost like a book on tape. It was very like matter of fact and very like my son. Da, 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 da. There was no like, uh, it wasn't like you or I talking or like, you know, or Clay, the voice. Well, uh, this, is what they, this is what they wanted to do. And I, whether it worked uh, 100% or 50% or 80%, but what they wanted to do was to not have it sound like a conversation, like dad was having a conversation with his son. Like you and I right now are having a conversation. So mm. we're going to mm. talk as a con. He, they didn't want that. They wanted it absolute, like Charlie Jax was just reading. Got it. But they wanted to put a voice to what he was reading. So they wanted no inflection. They wanted no, it was like he was reading a book. That's it. So there's no, there was no color. There was no anything. That's what they were trying to do, Theo. So whether that, really worked it didn't yeah no it did i just i just remember if it's always it's always so jarring when it comes on because it's so different than what we're seeing which is kind of a good thing it takes you into a different world of the voice right correct so then so then we get to jay carnes and agent cone he's piecing it all together he's going through those old files he sees that tara was arrested with a guy named Jax teller uh she's in charming and he puts the jacks tara thing together and he's coming i just go oh no He's fucking coming to Charming. That's right. I mean, as an audience member, like you are, you and I are now yeah. watching these things as an audience member, yeah. even He's though coming. we started in the show, it's killing me. Like, these are the things that on a Wednesday morning around the water cooler, you mentioned so beautifully an hour ago, that's what people talked about. Yeah. Who's this guy? Oh, no. What's this he done gonna, to her? This isn't going to be good. This isn't going to be good. Yeah. No. And then... We get to one of the most uh, iconic pictures that I've signed a million times um, that will stay with me till the day I die um, is uh, Juice in the Diaper with the sign stapled to his chest. Hey, idiot, wake up. Hail is kicking him. Um, if you don't remember the scene, I'm going to punch you in the face. Let right me now. tell you about this scene. Tell everybody, but because it's one of my favorite scenes of all seven years for okay. sure. Well, let me tell you, first of all, this is the third episode. <laughs> we have not aired. We are not no, on the air. Yet. No, no. No one knows the show. No. Um, we are aliens to the world meaning like they don't know who we are they don't know me i've been in nothing before this even though i was on 50 tv shows unless you watched malcolm in the middle or gray's anatomy you didn't you know and and knew the guest stars on it you didn't know who theo rossi was you didn't know who hale was and we're in downtown la yeah and again i'm a guest star i'm not the the overbearing force I am now on sets. I don't know anything. So they have me in this diaper. 
It's 2009 or whatever it is. Eight. 2008. And I'm standing in the middle of the street with a diaper on and combat boots and a sign on my chest waiting to film. And it's just me and Hale, me and Taylor. No one knows who we are. No. People, people are walking by downtown and going, what are you guys filming? And, I'm like, <laughs> and they're looking at me in the diaper. Now, I didn't, the reason I say I didn't ask for a robe, I didn't know I was just sitting there with my shirt off and this diaper on. They go, what are you filming? And I said, oh, it's a, it's a TV show. It's a, what's it about? Like, and I said, it's a, it's a motorcycle. <laughs> and they're like, oh, like, good luck with that show. Here you are in a diaper. Good luck. And you. army boots and nothing good, else. Good luck, buddy. This one looks like a winner. That's what they're thinking. Like, <laughs> I have tattoos on my head. I have tattoos on my head. I have the short mohawk. I have the diaper on. I'm covered in dirt. I have the the sign. I have the the thing. And what I wanted them to do to make it realistic for me was I wanted this double stick to almost like rip my skin. And it did. There and was blood there. Like, holy shit, Theo. I was so impressed. <laughs> so, I, oh my God, I was impressed. So I wanted it to be as real as possible to a point where I was like, could you really staple it in? And they were like, I don't, I don't think so. I said, but could you maybe like, like a pin or something? Like I wanted to feel... When I rip it off, like I want to feel it. Ah. Cause I always do shit like that. You know that the old rock in the shoe and the thing sure. we talk about. But I wanted to feel it. And again, I'm a guest star. I'm trying. I'm really, I'm really trying here. But it was me and Hale, just two guest stars on this TV show that we had no idea if anybody would ever see. <laughs> and I look like a fucking maniac in the middle of downtown LA. And uh, we shoot the scene and I'm just like, I'm thinking at that moment, what did I sign up for? What is happening here? What is this? We shoot the scene and it comes to be known as like, I mean, I can't tell you how many people talk about that scene. No, it's iconic. And And I didn't know my ass from my elbow at that moment. I mean, again, I, I think that we are all... Oh, look, what can you say now? What can you not say? What, what, you know, and we're all getting better and, and, yeah. and more understanding of the world and what color we all are. And it's, yeah. we're all one, we're all one. But to say on a sign in 2008, slightly retarded child, please adopt me. It's unbelievable. I'm still laughing. No, it's I'm amazing. still laughing because it, it, was, it was just perfect for what you were doing and what There's- we did to you. People made action figures with that. When we were in Germany, there was a guy selling action figures of juice, like in that oh, outfit and in that costume. No, with come the cardboard and you've and, made it. You made. Uh, it, I mean, really, really. And again, remember, third episode in. This isn't like way in. This is early, and that's why this the, the episode oh, we've already shit. done. You and I did patch over where the crane. Oh. This is all early stuff, and it's some of the most iconic things, and it's. Early, early. We don't early even know people. who we are. No. Just getting to know each other and, and I characters. Think, I think that's why you and I, as not just Kim and Theo, but Tig and Juice, you know, have such nostalgia for that early stuff because it was like we would we were just trying stuff. You talk about spaghetti against the fridge. We were just trying stuff. And we were like, let's see how this lands. 
and man, did it ever. So that's how, how, how did Sutter and Wendy O'Brien and John Langraff and cast the people he did, the women and the guys for, and we've talked about uh, the patch over the fourth episode, you and me, the dogs and the crank and the, and the ad libbing and the, and here's my balls and we're going to yep. be friends forever. That uh, funny, funny, funny. Funny. And we Iconic. were all funny. Funny. Iconic. Um, Weird. And then and then again, listen, I mean, that ends with them, you know, now we're seeing this guy's balls get mailed to Oswald. Unreal. Which is unreal. And then the episode ends and we and, and again we know we're in for a ride. So here's what we're gonna do before we wrap up Fun Town on this uh wacky Wednesday. Wacky Wednesday, baby. Is that that's what we're calling Reaper it? Reviews, wacky yeah, Wednesday. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, I, we can't think of anything else for the Wednesday, like uh, wheel, wacky, wheel, wheels wacky, up, wheels up, wheels up, Wednesday, wheels yeah. up, wheels yeah. up, like sons, wheels up. Okay, yeah. We'll we'll come up with a new one every week. We're gonna answer <laughs> two questions. We're gonna answer two questions. Go for and it. And then we're gonna save more for uh, last week. Okay, uh, I'm looking at a few. I want to. I have to pee so bad, so we're just going to Well, do we're it. almost done. We're almost Come on, done. We can do it. I, I mean, Let's get is, through it. I'm getting a stomachache. We're well so, over uh, an hour and 20 minutes. We did really well on this one. Let's I go. I think so, too. Okay. Um, what was the most bold move your character made? I know my thought is Tig kissing Gemma and Juice killing the prospect to protect his identity, but I would love to hear from you guys. What is the most bold move your character has made? That question came in from don't know who. Oh, wait a second. Is that who I think it is? Who? Who is it? It might be on from this Tracy. Wacky it might be. It says Tracy the artist. I wonder if that's from Tracy or Makeup. Might be. It might be. Might be. Tracy the artist. Okay. What was the most <sighs> bold move your character made? As Tig, not Kim. I had so many as Tig. The one that hurt me the most at the time, certainly, was ripping my patch off. When I, in season four, which we're going to get to four months from now, three months from now, if we're so lucky, there was a scene where Clay abuses Gemma. And I've had it. I had it. Tiggett had it. When you talk about a bold move and you go with your own knife and cut off Sergeant at Arms and you rip it off and you hand it to Clay and you say to him, I'm done because of you. I'm done because of your actions. That to me, I remember doing that. I hated doing it, but I love doing it to try and teach something to Clay. Uh, and my caring for Gemma. Tig, all, we all cared for Gemma. We all loved Gemma. But Tig had a special little deal with Gemma. And that was too much for him. So that was very bold for me. That's mine. Go ahead. Yeah, I think for Juice, I mean, I think they, they, they nailed it on the head. It was kind of the start of the spiral. I think the most bold move, but, but to, to get past the spiral, I think the most bold move for Juice, and I'm talking bold, was when he didn't care anymore. Yeah. At the end, when yeah. he just kind of didn't care when he said, 
Yeah. Gemma was the, she has all the answers to all the questions. Like when he literally didn't care when he flipped that switch. Yeah. That was it. And he didn't care. And he wasn't caring what anybody thought. He knew his life was over and he was in jail and you couldn't hurt him. Nobody can come in and do anything to him. It was really fun to play because it was so different from who Juice was, this sensitive. When, when, when he lost all hope after the stuff with Tully, I thought it was so bold because that's when after his meeting with Jax, which we'll get to, that, that prison scene, um, he didn't care anymore no. about anything. And the boldness to just stop caring uh, was uh, really interesting for me to play because I only got to play it for like a few episodes at the end of this seven, eight year run. I got to play this, this character that just didn't care about anything. And almost like we talked about Gemma in the beginning of this said, whatever they wanted, didn't care. I got to do that for a few episodes with juice. How, how that's like a release man for juice. Yeah. yeah. What a, what a release it's. It, and, and the one thing that you always did as that character was care. Yeah, he wanted to fit in. Juice wanted to fit in. He oh, wanted a family. He had a family. Sure, he made some mistakes, some mistakes he wishes he could uh, take back. But you can never take anything back. And it just compounded things and compounded things. And you, Juice, was always for me a pure at heart character. Yeah, pure at heart. And then lost and, it. And then just completely lost the will to continue on the way he was. Yeah. And there was that big scene with him and Gemma and uh, not Gemma, him and Unser and uh, the other cop who came on later in the years. Uh, I'm going to forget her name, but um, I had that big scene with them and that's when uh, he was saying, oh, listen, we'll get into all that. Yeah, too. we'll get into that. But that's season seven. And the point is he just didn't care anymore. And um, it was really fun to explore that part of him. So I think that was the most bold move. Um, there it is. Fun town. Whoa, Kim, I lost you. Uh, oh, 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 you know what? Low battery. Oh, I gotta go. Battery. You gotta go. Right now. I gotta go. Cause I gotta I run to the, I gotta run to the bathroom. I love you go. too. Fun next town. Week. Do it. Um, I'm going to shut this recording. Hey, love you, buddy. Love you, you all. Next week. Go subscribe. Bye fans. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate each and every one of you. You know, the deal. Theory Pod, hashtag Theory Pod, capital T H E O, small R Y, capital P O D. If we're talking Reaper reviews, it's the hashtag Reaper reviews with the double R. Go everywhere where the where this podcast is available, and go subscribe and follow Apple, Spotify, Google, iHeart, wherever. And uh, and then if you want to see the videos, go on to YouTube and subscribe to the page. We got some cool stuff coming. Um, like I always say. This life goes by in a blink, so stay up, stay awake, keep being the example, um, and let's keep making a difference, all right? All right. Hey, yo, shout out to my crew, the Theory Team, the team, okay? Starting with my incredible editor, Caroline Kawash to the incredible design skills of Cesar Arvello, to the other designer slash web slash everything, Justin Tordella. Go look them up. Go follow them. Go thank them. They're an incredible team, and I wouldn't be even remotely able to do a second of this without them. So shout out to the entire Theory team, uh, or as we say in New York, big up. Um, 
incredible people, incredible humans, and I'm fortunate and proud to have them.